Hello and welcome to another edition of the podcast where we look back on the cartoons, movies, TV shows, and whatnot of our youth to see if it's still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And this is Childhood Remastered. Chuck Norris is a renaissance man. He's probably most well-known as a martial artist and an actor. He created his own form of martial arts called Chun Kuk Do. And he's earned black belts in styles like Tang Soo Do, Taekwondo, Karate, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and Judo. He served in the Air Force, and he's also a film producer and writer. He was a big deal in the 80s. Honestly, he was a big deal until fairly recently. The man was a meme for crying out loud. Chuck Norris facts were pretty ubiquitous on the internet for a while, even spawning a book or two. But his heyday was definitely the 1980s. Ruby Spears decided to capitalize on this popularity by creating a short-lived but ultimately memorable cartoon starring Norris called Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, man of action. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. Chuck Norris with his team, Pepper. It's too dangerous, Chuck. What? Too much. Too much. Kimo, the Samurai Warrior. Chuck's Teenage Apprentice, Tabe, the sumo champion. With Chuck Norris, they battle the sinister forces of the Claw. Remember this. And the ruthless Super Ninja. I'll finish Norris! Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Now, I think it's important to note that Karate Commandos, they're both spelled with a K, so that's Commandos with a K. That's how you know that it's cool with a K. Cool with a K and an E-W-L. This show is an American animated miniseries with only five episodes that aired from September 15th until uh, about two weeks later, uh, within 1986. Yeah, it, it was uh, very short-lived. Uh, we, we went in the extra mile this, uh, this week, and we watched the entire series for you, for your edification. <laughs> All five episodes. All five episodes of the entire series. And they call this a miniseries, but it doesn't really have a very clear it's not beginning really, and end. I don't consider this a miniseries. It, it's this more is like, like a proof of concept. Yeah, like, I, I feel like this was proof of concept and then that was it. And then this is all we got. Yeah. Did you, did you have any recollection of this <laughs> show at all? So, yes <laughs> and no. I had no recollection from our childhood watching no, this. No, absolutely not. But, <laughs> but I remember... Talking about it in the, I'd say, mid-2000s, when the Chuck Norris jokes, all of the Chuck Norris jokes were kind of really catching on, 2006, 2007, when it was like a big deal, and, you know, Chuck Norris facts were huge, I think, partially. They made a book out of it. Well, and not just that, but Chuck Norris jokes were were sort of uh, part and parcel with the World of Warcraft community, so much so that they used him in their commercials to advertise the game. Uh, with him making a Chuck Norris joke. And I had heard about it at the time while playing 
World of Warcraft. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, oh my god, have you heard? Chuck Norris had an animated series. I was like, that's a lie. And then somebody's <laughs> like, no, no, it's real, it's real. They're showing it on Adult Swim. And so they were showing it on uh, Adult Swim, but at like 4 o'clock in the morning or something. And for like a couple of months... They were showing just the same five episodes. They, they'd show like an episode every day and they just repeat it and people loved it. And then it was gone for a while. It's just like the Oblongs with their like 11 episodes that they just replayed over and over and well, over. Well, that's a genius show. I don't know if I would compare this with the Oblongs. Well, yeah. Well, or maybe we should. <laughs> maybe we should. <laughs> so you didn't have any, you didn't watch, I didn't watch this either when I was younger. There's, None. There's, there, I, I had no idea until I was much older that this show was even a thing. And yeah, same. It was it was uh, it was a little bit shocking when we, we'll get into it a little bit later. But it was it was shocking when I watched it at first because I was not impressed with the first episode. But it it sort of grew on me as as episodes progressed. In a weird way. In a weird it, way. I think it it will do that to you. Yeah. This show uh, was created by Chuck Norris. And Chuck Norris was born March 10th, 1940, as Carlos Ray Norris. And I didn't know that that was actually his real name. I don't know why, but not that it matters. It's just, it's not a name that really fits him. Well, it's like, it's like hearing that Charlie Sheen's name is actually Carlos, uh, what's his name? Estevez. Carlos Estevez. Yeah. It just, he doesn't look like that would be his name. You know what I mean? Like, like some people look like a John or a Juan or like a whatever. And like, it just doesn't, you know? Yeah. So it's like one of those where like, I, well, I, we've always known him as Chuck Norris. Maybe that's what it yeah. is. It's we've like, always known him as Chuck Norris. And so to hear, to hear that his actual name is, is something else. It's like, it's like when you learn, it and, wouldn't matter what the name would be. Yeah. It would just be like, I just no, don't no, no. picture his, it. His name is Chuck. It's not Carlos. It's, it's Chuck. Like, well, what? and it would be the same way if it was the other way around. Like, if we'd always known him as Carlos, and so then somebody's like, no, he's Chuck, I would have just laughed and be like, no, that's not his name. Yeah. So, Chuck Norris, if you don't know who he is, we sort of talked about him real quick in the in the intro, but he is an American actor, martial artist, producer, and U.S. Air Force vet. And he served from 58 to 62 in Korea. It's and- important to note that Chuck Norris isn't a fake martial artist he's not like no he is one of the most real legit martial artists that's out there yeah, he's it, sort of like how the green ranger is like a legit martial artist yeah and i was gonna compare or bruce him, lee was i was gonna compare him to uh the muscles from brussels john claude van damme who when he started i don't know in if his he, early days yeah when he i don't know if if eventually he's earned some uh some belts in certain in certain uh, styles. But when he first started out, I think he was a gymnast and a ballet practitioner. And that's why he was able to do a lot of the moves because, because he was just flexible and able to, he, he was known as like a tough guy, but like, if I remember right, he had a feud with somebody and he got his ass kicked pretty hard. Yeah. In a fight. And I think actually, you know, it was the green ranger. Remember it was not that long ago. He got into a fight with the green ranger, the green ranger. Well, that's like, I mean, that's to be like fair, slim pickings. Well, to I be mean, fair, the low hanging fruit. Yeah, rather. to be fair, the Green yeah. Ranger. He's he's like in his forties right now, and Chuck Norris is in his seventies. So that's I'm not, not a, talking Chuck Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, 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 yeah, you're right. Yeah, Jean Claude okay. Van Damme got in that fight with the Green Ranger. Well, remember at that con? So. Yeah, 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 yeah. But Chuck Norris is a legit martial artist, and he has been for a number of years. He actually yeah. got into it 
in the military because he was stationed in South Korea. I think he got into it before that. Well, it, he, he started really exploring it in South Korea when he was stationed there because he started with South Korean martial arts. He started with Tang Soo Do and he started with Taekwondo, which are both Korean yeah. martial arts. But he has a first degree black belt in judo, a fourth degree black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, fifth degree in karate, eighth degree black belt in Taekwondo, ninth degree in Tang Soo Do, and he is the founder of his own style, and he also holds the grandmaster position, 10th degree black belt, in his own form of Chun Kuk Do. And when I first wrote that down, I thought, <laughs> I thought, because uh, I looked at it really quick, I thought that the style was called Chuck Kun Do. And I just thought that'd be very That silly. would be amazing. Yeah. But it's it's not it's not true, but that would be amazing if yeah. it was. And and his martial arts style is is actually pretty uh pretty legit also if, if you you can go watch videos of people like doing stuff and yeah it's, it's pretty it's 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 very um much in the uh, taekwondo wheelhouse um and and he won legit uh martial arts tournaments he won accolades and awards the 1968 middleweight karate world championship is what he won and uh he'd competed in 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 many other things but that is actually what got him noticed by bruce lee who then trained with him for two years and they actually became really close friends as a uh, as a result. And his big break, Chuck Norris's, came when Bruce Lee had him star as his opponent in the movie Way of the Dragon. And then his other close friend, Steve McQueen, who was also a friend of Bruce Lee's, encouraged him to start taking acting classes at MGM. That, that role in Way of the Dragon, too, he has a great fight with Bruce Lee. It's incredible. And it's long, and it's 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 And very, it's really well done, because it's, really it's well two done. people who actually know what they're doing. Yeah, it's really well done. It is a little bit silly, because there's a cat, a little kitten involved, that sort of meows to get them to start fighting. And they well, and there's the thing where Bruce Lee grabs his chest hair. Yeah, he rips his yeah. chest hair off, and then he, like, blows it out of his hand. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a... It's a weird but ultimately like good fight scene between the two of them. And it really showcases both of their skill because he is a very skilled martial artist. Yeah, he like legit knows what he's doing. So his first starring role was in the 75 film Breaker Breaker, which is an action trucker film. And I honestly did not know that this movie existed. I don't know why. I, I just had never heard of it before. Uh, that that movie is famously terrible, by the way. Oh, good. Uh, yeah. So maybe we can go watch that since you and I like terrible movies. But he went on to start in like dozens and dozens of movies, like Delta Force and Missing in Action. And I think a lot of our audience probably know him from Walker, Texas Ranger. Thank you, Conan O'Brien. Walker, Texas Ranger from Walker, Texas Ranger. In Walker, Walker Texas. <laughs> it's a- Walker says I have AIDS. <laughs> Did you ever watch Walker, Texas Ranger when you were a kid? I want to say I watched a couple of episodes. He always ended up just roundhouse kicking somebody through like a wall. That was like the whole joke. It was like, it was always Chuck Norris would just do like a random roundhouse. Yeah. For no reason. And he was also uh, most, I think fairly recently, most recently, it might have been his last role. I mean, not that he's dead, but uh, he was in The Expendables, I think three? Yeah. Yeah. He was in one of the Expendable movies. And he also is a pretty... uh, famously politically active too yes uh he campaigned very famously for mike huckabee back in what was it like the early 2000s right yeah don't think it was i think it was 2004 right somewhere because like mike huckabee was like a long shot candidate he's always been a long shot candidate but he was especially at that point because nobody even knew who he was Mm -hmm. back when he was still governor and chuck norris really liked him and they were buddies and 
So he campaigned for him, and yeah. that got him some popularity. I think, honestly, people know who Mike Huckabee is probably because of Chuck Norris. That's what I, I honestly would say. I had no idea who he was until the Chuck Norris thing. So, yeah, yeah, but but love it or love it or hate it, he is a love very- it or hate it. He's a very politically active guy. He's also um, he's also a profoundly religious. Yeah, uh, Chuck Norris is too, and he does a lot of community outreach. Um, for a lot of nonprofits and charities, and he's still pretty active in his seventies. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's one of the benefits as two people that have done martial arts in the past. That's one of the benefits of doing martial arts is continually it, and, conti- and yeah. keeping up with it. It it yeah. keeps you it keeps you active. It keeps you flexible. It keeps you young. If you looked at Chuck Norris, I don't think you would figure that he's in his mid seventies, late seventies, late seventies. Yeah, so, seventy eight. Jeez. Yeah, you definitely would not look at him and think, yeah, that guy is 78. That guy is, you know, pushing 80. The cartoon itself was produced by Joe Ruby and Ken Spears, famously of Ruby Spears. I was going to say, I kind of amalgamated them together here because it kind of just... All yeah, they're they're like, it's like Rankin and Bass. It's they're, yeah. they're, it's a it's a, it's a team, a pr- production team. We've discussed them before in the past, I think when we've talked about Scooby-Doo, because they created Scooby-Doo and Jabberjaw and a bunch of other stuff. Mr. T. Yeah, I want to watch that because that that's one of the other shows that I would like us to do at some point. I feel like this show, I read somewhere that this show was kind of modeled off of Mr. T's cartoon. It was. That's why I wanted to watch it. Yeah. The more I did this, the more I wanted to see that. Yeah. They also did Thundar the Barbarian, if you remember that one. Alvin and the Chipmunks. And the it, one from the early 80s. Yeah. Which, it, for me, that's like my Alvin and the Chipmunks. That was the, that was the, uh, the reboot from the 1950s or 60s when they yeah. originally had... But that one in the eighties is really good. Yes. No. Absolutely. We should. We should. should That's also the basis for the new reboot that they have. That's like a CG animated. That's on TV now. I I don't know. I didn't know that. that. No, I haven't seen those. That one's actually not bad. But what's interesting about the new one is it's they they have the the chipettes and the storylines are like copy pasted from the old show. So two humans just end up adopting groups of chipmunks Mm -hmm. that. And they put clothes on them. And they say, but they're child sized. Are they child sized chipmunks or are they chipmunk sized chipmunks? Uh, they're sort of like in between. Okay. So, so it's like a weird size. Yeah. They're infant sized chipmunks. Yeah. Toddler size. Good, good times. Uh, they, uh, they also did a very, this is, uh, Ruby and Spears. They also did a very short lived 1988 Superman animated series. I've talked about this before because I've never seen it. I've never seen it either. And I really, I think maybe we'll do it like, Maybe we'll do a like a side by side Superman thing at some point. Eh, I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, the other producer was Larry Huber, who co-created Nickelodeon's Chalk Zone and worked for Hanna Barbaria. This was produced as as a whole by the company Ruby Spears Enterprises. This was directed by Charles A. Nichols, who was an animator for Disney, and he was first credited with the film Pinocchio but also later worked in animation on Alice in Wonderland. He created Hong Kong Fooey and later directed several episodes of The Jetsons. I think that's actually where we talked about him was when we talked so. about The Jetsons. And he's done like dozens and dozens of projects like uh, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh and Goof Troop. Uh, we don't need to get into t- him too much. The other director is John Kimball. I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a cop, you idiot. No, not that John Kimball. Uh, but I, I just... I, I saw it and I, I I just couldn't think of anything else but John Kimball. Yeah. So he's known for working on things like Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Smurfs, Snorks, 
Rambo the Animated Series foreshadowing. <laughs> Alvin and the Chipmunks, Heathcliff, and, you know, a bunch of other stuff. So I think it's important to point out that the people who created this show had a lot of pedigree. Like, these are people that know how to make shows that are that are giant su- successes that are very successful and that are that are very popular and they all got together and this just i think this goes to show that even the best among us fail miserably sometimes <laughs> but did they fail uh well i don't know uh, it mean, depends by by which measure right uh i mean commercially uh, okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so the music for this is Udi Harpaz, and I just wanted to mention he's done like Aqua Teen, Hunger Force, Axe Cop, Turbo Teen, which is by far one of the hardest animated shows to find. Yes. I know I, we've had, I think, a request for Turbo Teen for like a year and a half now, and I can't find episodes. So at some point we'll do it. I know we will. If somebody can find us the episodes. Uh, Mr. T, Centurion's Digimon... Wife Swap, Fringe, Squidbillies, Gotham, and like he does a lot of current television. Udi Harpaz does like a lot of current television. So he's like definitely working and working pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Let's get into the cast a little bit. And let's do it. And before we do, I want to point out that each of these each of these cast members, this was a show much like other shows at the time. This was a show that was designed to sell toys. I think that this is a thing where the toy line existed and they created a show around it. And the 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 characters, the way they're designed and the way that their weapons are designed and all this are very much made to look like toys. It is it I I I think I texted you while we were wa- while I was watching this and I said something to the effect of this might possibly be the most toyetic show that I've ever seen even more so than street sharks because the things that they were possible u- the things that they were using didn't even look practical like it, their weapons they look like I'm, like weird plastic weapons that that's would what I, go that's what in in a, like a slot on their back or something yeah that's what i was talking about the way that the weapons are designed for cuz each character has their own specific weapon you know they they're a team of commandos but each one has their own specific weapon and they're all the most randomly designed weapons like one of them has a weapon that looks like uh like a like an old-timey drill that's on like a hilt and the thing about the weapons too is they're all colored in this sort of like pasty orange color that if you recall if you ever had the uh, Ninja Turtle toys the original it's Ninja that Turtles, same sort of it's it's that Ninja Turtle weapon orange it's the exact same and all of the all of the main good guys all the Karate Commandos they all had the same color weapons I I think you know what. Let, Maybe let's talk about it for a second. We we talked about this before we were recording. And and I wasn't really sure exactly where are we going to talk about this. And I think maybe now's a good time. So, you know, this had five episodes. Mm-hmm. And then, pff, done. Yep. It had a comic book series. And it had toys. It did have a line of toys. Mm-hmm. So, we, we'll just do that now before we get into the cast. So, there was a VHS of the episodes that was released. And there were the toys that were released and a comic book set that was also released. And I I think that you're right in that this show is more of a proof of concept than anything else. And I think, I think that this, this was sort of the process. It went, somebody said, you know what? This 
would make a great idea for a toy line if we had Chuck Norris action figures. And somebody said, oh yeah, he's a great big action star. Let's do that. Oh, we'll make him like G.I. Joe's. G.I. Joe's are popular. Mm -hmm. Okay. And... Well, if we're going to do a cartoon show, we ha- or if we're going to do a toy line, we have to have a cartoon show. We've talked about that here yeah. a lot. So we'll do some episodes, some one-off episodes as a proof of concept. And then we'll get that going, and then we'll put out a 26-episode arc and sell some toys, and wham, bam, thank you, man, make some money. Mm-hmm. What I think ended up happening was the show got made, mm-hmm. these five episodes did, while they were doing the production line for the toys and also getting the comic book Mm -hmm. done. And then the executives all sat down for a presentation and they go, here's the episodes and they watched them and they went, no, (laughs) can I vote? No, Uh, everybody vote. No. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's, uh, we're all saying no. Right. Okay. No, but, but (laughs) then somebody's like seconds into the first episode (laughs) and they're like, that's the whole point. Yeah. No, but, but I think what happened was, is they got this presentation and then they're like, yeah, let's just put it on TV and, and we'll just see how it does. And they put it on TV and it didn't do well. And then that was it. And then they said, well, shit, we got these toys. We got to do something with them. And then they tried to sell them. And the toys are, are pretty valuable because there's not that many of them. What's what's uh, crazy to me, though, is they had examples of other successful toy lines yeah. that they could have basically just aped and then put the put the, uh, the 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 Chuck Norris sheen on them. They could have taken any other show and had him guest star in the show, too. Of course, maybe that was the idea, was to have him originally be as a guest character in G.I. Joe, all of Sergeant Slaughter, right? Yeah. And then he didn't want to do that. He wanted his own thing. Because, because in a lot of those shows, he would have been... Uh, relegated like, to a side character a side character or maybe he would have been relegated to doing things he did you know ah, maybe he could have been something like a snake eyes that doesn't use a gun or anything because in, in this entire show the enemies use guns but the karate commandos use hand-to-hand weapons for to the be most fair part. most of the time they don't do anything yeah if we're gonna be fair well, most of the time there's not a whole lot of karate let's get into the karate commandos because we've talked about them a bunch now number one on the list on the karate commandos is chuck norris it is his car karate commandos and the character is actually named chuck norris and he is voiced by chuck norris so in this universe in the chuck norris karate commandos universe it's like a hyper like violent version of himself well he's i was gonna say that in this in this universe chuck norris is essentially a government agent like a special secret agent man yeah something like that so he's the leader of the karate commandos he has an interesting outfit it's not too over the top but in some episodes it is magic because there is one where the midriff is missing. It's just like covering his pecs. And then he's got a bandana around his neck. And then this like bobbed haircut. And then like a leather vest jacket thing that goes over it. And then tight short shorts. Like chaps. It's it's something really bizarre. It, it looked like, like the village people's wet dream. 
is what it looked like. Yeah, and a lot, and most of the other times he's wearing like red pants and like a bandolier across his bare chest. Yeah, uh, it it it's weird. Now I wanted to I wanted to discuss his weapon because he tended to use just really ridiculous looking weapons. He would have like I want to say, oh here it is. Uh, I'm pull. I pulled up the toy weapon. His weapon was like a weird forked staff. Yes. So in like, one of the episodes, the I didn't realize that that was his weapon. I thought that it was like a rando piece off a car that he picked up and started fighting with. Yeah. Because the way at first that it looks doesn't match any sort of weapon, and then it does a zoom in on him with the weapon, and it's got some weird like embossed symbols and stuff and i was like oh that's that's like his his toy weapon yeah okay it's weird but whatever um and it it took me a minute to and we can get to this when we talk about the character let's just jump to that character right now because i want to talk about him the character of of uh tabe who is a he is a championship sumo wrestler he is also one of the karate commandos his outfit is the most ridiculous because he essentially just walks around i don't know the proper name for it but he walks around in a sumo diaper that's yeah. his, that's his outfit. Bare feet, the sumo, the sumo giant uh, fat guy in a sumo in a sumo diaper, and his weapons are symbols. His weapons are symbols, and I could not for the life of me until after, until I watched a couple of the episodes figure out what the symbols on his symbols were, and it was a C N for Chuck Norris on each of on each one of his symbols. There was a C. You've been and, branded, bitch. Yeah, there was a C and then an N, and literally he would attack people by clamping the symbols on their head, and it would go like bong, and they'd be like, uh, they'd so it's a sort of like Mallow from Super Mario RPG. Yeah, it, it was it was so so, so ta- stupid. So Tabe is voiced by Robert Ito, and he was Sam Fujiyama on Quincy Me. Lawrence Larry Mashima on Falcon Crest, and he's done a bunch of animated works on things like Captain Planet, Avatar The Last Airbender, Darkwing Duck, Chippendale Rescue Rangers, Savage Dragon, Biker Mice from Mars, SWAT Cats, Gargoyles, Batman the Animated Series, Carmen Sandiego, uh, I mean, tons and tons and tons of stuff, and so if his voice sounds familiar, that's why. The, the, other sidekicks are all sort of like weird and kitsch. This next one is named Pepper, who the is the only woman of the group. The only woman, and she I don't think does anything. So she is their she is their mechanic and their driver most of the time. Their tech expert. Yeah. But so you don't see her use any tech. She she really. does it one time when she she gets a plane, uh she fixes up a plane that they that they acquire in a uh, a barn there's like an old plane there and they're like can you get it working and she's like give me like Come oh on. that she steals you mean yeah yeah so that happens a few times yeah there's stuff there chuck norris is not necessarily the most upstanding citizen no of the world and neither is his team uh kathy garver by the way voices pepper and she actually started her career as one of the slave girls in the ten commandments with nice. charlton heston so yeah, she's done stuff like uh, Firestar on Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends. And in the 90s Spider-Man animated series, she played Miss America. Hmm. So, But she's done other stuff too. She does fight a little bit. And her weapon, and I want to keep going back to the weapons because of how toyetic all the weapons were. And how ridiculous they they looked. Her weapon was essentially, it looked like a dagger with a fan on it. 
Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't serve any purpose. And and she would just sort of hold it and not use it at all. She would just carry it like she was carrying a candle. Yeah. Yeah. The, the next character is named Reed, and he... Mm, I'm trying to figure out which one is the most ridiculous side character out of all of them because they're all just comic book character toy No, characters. I know which one is the most ridiculous, okay. and I will get there. So Reed is voiced by Sam Fontana, and he's Chuck's young... He, the, the character of Reed is Chuck's young apprentice, who's also Pepper's brother. And you only know that because they tell you. There's not really any context clues or storylines that sort of... that that lead you to that... To that uh, conclusion that he's Chuck's protege and his his uh, his young apprentice. They only tell you that in the credits. Yeah, exactly. That's it. Uh, Sam Fontana played Ace Goodhart in G Force: Guardians of Space, and was Chibi in Mobile Suit Gundam Eighth MS, which is my favorite Gundam series. And his weapon was one too that I thought was was very very silly. When I saw it on the show, I thought that it was like. Like he, that was the one that I was describing where it looked like he had a drill bit on top of a, uh, on top of a, uh, like a hilt, but it looks like it's maybe supposed to be like a, like a, a temple looks like a temp, like a, like a Japanese temple or something. I don't, yeah, I don't know. Something. It's just, the problem was, is it just wasn't animated well enough for you to tell. And here's what, I know what they were doing. They were trying to make, and each of these characters was dressed a certain way. They had a very clear outfit that they wore and they had a very unique weapon to themselves. And they were trying to basically prime the, the, the child audience to say, this is this character. This is his weapon. This is that character. This, this is, is his, their weapon. Yeah. So you wouldn't be confused. Like we talked about this during, with uh, like my little pony, where there are so many characters that look so similar that you sort of lose them yeah. all. Well, it's sort of like the Ninja Turtles thing, right? So it's like the blue one has the swords, the purple one has the bow, the orange one has the nunchucks, red one has the size. So you don't even need to know the names. You can just associate color and shapes exactly but the problem here is that the problem is that their weapons are so ridiculously convoluted that that you would just forget whose is which anyways because they're they're ridiculous yeah the weapons were all convoluted until you got to the next character named Kimo, who was voiced who was voiced by keone young if you don't know who keone young is he's a very famous asian american character actor and I'm not even going to name all the stuff that he's done, but uh, some of his more recent stuff is True Blood, uh, Deadwood, Sons of Anarchy. Uh, he was firebending Master Zhang Zhang in Avatar and Storm Shadow in the earlier uh, Sunbow G.I. Joe series. But he's, I mean, very prolific. Yeah. Now, Kimo as a character is a samurai warrior and his weapon is the most bland, I guess. It's just a katana. But he's the only one who actually uses his weapon, like like a real weapon. Yeah, he does. He, I mean, he doesn't kill anybody with it because this is still a, uh, uh, like a kid's show from the 80s where, you know... You just swing a sword at something and then they fall over. Yeah, but, or, or he... Or he uses his sword to disarm people and then he jump kicks them or, or something. Or to like cut through a box or some dumb thing. Exactly. Now the next character is easily the most ridiculous and his name is Too Much. Yeah. And voiced I, by Mona Marshall. And I wanted to, I wanted to, when I was, when I saw him, I was thinking. Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, did they, did they model this character after Short Round? Because Short Round is not his name. I mean, it's a nickname. Just like too much is a nickname, but you never find out when, like, what too much's actual name is. 
And Temple of Doom that featured Short Round came out in 84. This show was produced was was debuted in 86. But well, it went was into pro- obviously a ripoff. Yeah, he I mean, was. obviously a ripoff, you know? Exactly. It, it and he looks like Short Round from Temple of Doom. He does. And he's he's described as uh Chuck's young ward because that's a thing. He is the most useless character in this entire series. No, he's perfect. He has a use. His use is to get captured. And to be uh, a he drives foil. The, he drives the plot. <laughs> he he gets in the plot car and he drives the plot. Well, most of the time they say too much. Go sit over there You're while about we to go say do short this round. thing. I was gonna say short round because <laughs> short round get in the car. <laughs> well, that's what it is. I, I do want to point out that Mona Marshall, who's too much as voice uh, actress here, she does almost all of the female voice work on South Park. She's uh, Sheila Profloski, for instance. Mm-hmm. And she did stuff like Fraggle Rock and Digimon, but uh, it's it's kind of hard to tell that, like, listening to her yeah. do this character. I hated this character. He was a bad character. He is awful. Yeah. He serves no real purpose other than for you to hate him, and you get annoyed by him, and so then they're going to produce a toy for him that then nobody's going to want. Well, here's what, here's what I think happened a lot in the 80s is you would have these teams of people and we see this we see this constantly with with various shows you had these teams of heroes who would then have a young uh either a single like young member of the team or would have like a group of young men like they had it in mask there was the young kid in mask who was the son of uh, matt tracker they had it in dino saucers they had their team they had the team of of uh, team the team of of kids in defenders of the earth they had the team of kids in uh captain planet this was a thing they were they were the audience insert character and it was fairly common and they just really overdid it and they made the character super unlikable i mean hell they did it in uh they did it in super friends with uh oh god i can't remember the two kids names in the super friends they had the the the, the, the boy and the girl with their dog oh yes yeah yes. so that, it was a fairly common thing in like the 70s and 80s to have these audience insert characters and they like i said they just way overdid it with this one well, that was all of the Karate Commandos, and I guess we can get to the villains now, because there are some villains. There are. There are two. So the first is Claw, who is voiced by Bill Martin, and we actually last talked about Bill Martin when we covered Little Nemo Adventures in Slumberland, because he is the voice in the dub, or the, the English translation, uh, uh, he's the Nightmare King. Mm-hmm. And he has actually done a lot of other voice work. He's broadside on the Transformers TV series and probably about a dozen characters on uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic. And uh, and he is, Claw is the leader of Vulture, who's this sort of like, it's like Spectre from James Bond. Yeah. Or Claw from... Inspector Gadget. Or uh, Cobra from G.I. Joe. Right. Criminal organization bent on... World domination. Or... World... No, it was criminal organization ba- bent on uh, raging arthritis. Raging anuses. Yeah, yeah, something like that. But they all stood for something. But you never found out what Vulture stood for because they never explained it. 
Well, very clever of them to make Claw have a giant claw for an arm. Get yeah. it? Ha, ha, ha. Waka, waka. Now, I know the next character is your favorite. <laughs> the next character. Out of I will all, say he's my favorite, too. Out of all the characters in, in the show, he had the dumbest name. It's like they threw two darts <laughs> at a board with just adjectives. And they're like, this is him. The next character is Super Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. His name is Super Ninja. And in all seriousness, they call him that. Yeah. Over and over again. And Super Ninja is also voiced by Keone Young. And he is Claw's right-hand man. And he is apparently, only because they tell us, he is apparently Chuck Norris's rival? Adversary? I don't I don't know, but but I feel like at some point they were gonna get into a thing like like in Ninja Turtles with uh Oroko Saki and Hamato Yoshi, how they That's were both what it in felt the same, like they were gonna try and do, but, but they never got there. His so, outfit is ridiculous. So he wears he wears a blue It's like blue spandex blue with spandex yellow underwear and that then goes a yellow the, bandolier. But the, the spandex goes all the way up to his the blue hairline. Spandex does. The blue spandex goes all the way up to his hairline. And then and his then long Black locks flow <laughs> yeah. out the top. Yeah, because you know he was designed as a as a toy first, and then a character. Yeah, second. and then the bright yellow underwear, and the bright yellow bandolier, and then a red shuriken, huge over his chest. Yeah, and his weapon was a big giant like claymore style sword, but with like all kinds of weird blades coming off of it. It was just a stupid. It's sword. worthless. It yeah. does nothing. And it <laughs> so. I actually got a lot of enjoyment out of Super Ninja just because I did of too. how stupid he was. So after, okay, I gotta say this. <laughs> after I watched the first, I watched the first two episodes like weeks and weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of took a break and then I watched the other three like back to back later. And the third episode is so ridiculous. And I was like, it can't top this. This is just too much for me. And too then, much. Too much. And then the third one, they fucking go to space. And I was like, <laughs> all right, that's it. And then the third one, there's zombies. And I was like, okay, this is this is where we're going to end this now. Yeah. But Super Ninja, every time, every time he talks about Chuck Norris. Anytime anyone talks about Chuck Norris. Anytime anybody talks about Chuck Norris, Super Ninja goes, Norris! Yeah, it's so stupid. Every like, time. He can't stand the name Norris. Yeah, and it's just like, I feel like they modeled him after... Sorry, I just had to point out the waveform when I said that. It's yeah. like, takes well, up the whole screen. I feel like I feel like they, they modeled his character after... Uh, Cobra Commander because he sort of looks like Cobra Commander in a weird way and his voice is kind of like Cobra Commander and that's kind of where the comparison stopped because he is just completely over the top ridiculous and he actually so now that we've talked about the characters we can sort of get into what the plots of the of the not sort of the plots but let me just explain the the general way that the episodes go so in each of the episodes Claw, I keep wanting to call him Dr. Claw. Claw and Super Ninja and Vulture, they come up with some idea to hold the world hostage or hijack something that will give them a bunch of power or do something. They hold the world hostage for like a hundred million dollars, like some Dr. Evil level bullshit. And in each instance, in each episode, they also employ some other lackey, some other villain. And they the villain has some has some quirk or something except for the first one it was just sort of like a guy that kind of looked like a nazi 
Uh, in the other ones, they had some master of disguise who was known as like the imposter or the impersonator or something. And then there was another one, like the zombie episode. It was like a, yeah. a voodoo guy. And, and, but uh, he, he looked like, I mean, he just looked like a, a complete Christopher Lee ripoff. Yeah. He looked, no, he looked like Dr. Facilier from uh, Princess and the Toad or Princess and the Frog. But, um, in each of those episodes, they would end up failing somehow, and then the uh, the the lackey would get dispatched by Claw. Like he would kill them, or or somehow they'd be captured or something, and then Claw and Super Ninja would get away. And I always thought it was funny as I was watching it that Claw would get so mad at the lackey, at the person that like their 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 contractor that they hired on for that day, he would get so mad at them for failing, but he never got mad at Super Ninja for constantly failing and constantly getting beat by Chuck Norris and constantly And he never just... got mad at himself for coming up with like a dumbass plan. Yeah, so they would come up with a ridiculous plan and then Chuck Norris and crew would come in and stop them. And it was pretty it was fairly formulaic, like you never really felt like they were in any danger. And uh, I have to mention that at the beginning and end of every episode is a live action of Chuck Norris in his personal gym giving a life lesson. Yeah, either with the most deadpan fucking expression I have ever seen on Chuck Norris. Yeah, and and it, when he says it's in his personal gym, he's literally like like kicking a heavy bag or using I re- he was using a machine that I remember him hawking with like like Suzanne Summers or something. It was some exercise thing where you sit on a table. Oh, the total gym. Yeah, you sit on like an incline table and you can like do you can do like butterfly uh, uh, curls and like move He's your body. He's a spokesman weight. for the total gym that for like decades. So yeah, it could have been. I think it was. I, I don't know how early he got that, but it's but possible. It, it was like I said, the the whole show was fairly formulaic and nothing really stood out other than the ridiculous nature of of like you were saying. They went to freaking space. They went to space or they were at the bottom of the ocean. They didn't, they were in a sea lab and just the, the visual of Chuck Norris and a big fat sumo in, in diving suits who then pull up, like take off their diving suits and they're in their regular clothes. Like the sumo's wearing his diaper and then they hold on to dolphins and go into the sea lab to retake it. That was so ridiculous. Yeah. And <laughs> I have to say that Chuck Norris's voice acting is not very good it's not good not it's good at all not at all you can tell that he but was... you know what though it at least has more expression than when you're actually looking at his face yeah because that that was punishing <laughs> that part's punishing so, i'm sorry there was a lot of bad i want to talk about some of the good because... okay good because i want to talk about the good too because one of the things that i noticed while can i, I was... just say that some of the good is also some of the bad at the same time like okay. the awful animation <laughs> with the thing you pointed out where chuck norris's hand was like the size of his entire body yeah no i want to talk about some actual good that i saw in this one of the things that i noticed as uh because in basically every episode uh chuck norris and super ninja have a fight and one of the things that i hated about not hated, hated's a strong word. One of the things that annoyed me about a lot of cartoons from this era, and really a lot of cartoons in general, is when you have a hero who is fighting against the villain, one of the main villains, or just like the main lackey of the villain, you never feel like they're ever in any danger. You never feel like they're ever really, like the, that the bad guy is ever really a threat because the 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 hero just sort of handles him 
or her that's, or whatever. But I mean, that's kind of most of the time. That's right? what I'm saying. Most of the time, that's what happens, and it's it's just sort of annoying because you know it's like watching an episode of the Powerpuff Girls where there's never an there's never an issue with them defeating the villain. I like the Powerpuff Girls. I though. know. I'm just saying. I'm just using it as, as an example. So in this, I actually liked the fact that in a couple of instances when they would fight, Super Ninja would actually get the upper hand on Chuck Norris, and it wasn't like Chuck Norris was leaps and bounds you know, beyond Super Ninja in terms of skill. Like, they seemed fairly evenly matched, and there were a few times where Super Ninja actually got the better of him, knocked him on his ass, and, and like, then he gloated, and then he would end up getting beaten. But, like, he actually seemed like somewhat of a threat. He didn't seem like he was just a joke thing, that a joke fly that they had to swat I, away. I wonder if that was, like, intentional from Chuck Norris's perspective. Maybe. Like, I, that seems like something that... That doesn't seem like something that the writers would normally put in on their own. Yeah, but I don't know how much... I don't know, you know, it, it's it's a question of how much input... Control he has? Yeah, he had on the whole, you know, Yeah, I don't know. Process. I couldn't find that kind of information out there. But I did like that. I mean, far too often, you know, like G.I. Joe, they just go in and they kick the crap out of Cobra, and then that's it. You know, it's never really like a threat. It's like, we're just waiting until the end of the episode to see how they beat him. It's, you know, there, there were some episodes where, like, when in the zombie episode, the zombies, they couldn't beat the zombies. They were, like, kicking and punching them, and they couldn't do anything. They're like, okay, these there guys. Were, yeah, they couldn't they do had, anything. They had to run away. Like, they they, uh, they they encountered situations that they couldn't beat with well, their fists. Well, did you time. notice? So, so what I noticed was the arc seemed more along the lines of uh, bad guy does bad thing. Good guys try to stop them. Good guys can't stop them and they lose. Then they have to try and rectify the fact that they lost mm -hmm. by beating the bad guys again. They chase after the bad guys. They get captured. They fight their way free, defeat the bad guys, but the bad guys still get away. Exactly. That's That seems to be the cycle. Yeah. And so it's sort of, I mean, it is formulaic, but it is... It's, it's a at different least formula. A different formula. Yeah, like in in the episode where they go to space. That episode starts with Vulture because they they have like henchmen. That episode starts with with uh, Super Ninja and a bunch of the Vulture henchmen and, and and some weird guy who lives in a bayou who oh gets yeah. cro croc or crocodiles. Something. I don't know what his name is, but he gets a bunch of alligators on parachutes yeah. and airdrops them into the windows <laughs> at NASA. That was great. And these giant alligators come roaming through. Oh, that was so good. No, so, <laughs> so I forgot And they, about that, that was guy. their distraction so that they could steal a space shuttle with a giant laser on it. Yeah, so, I mean, so the Karate so Commandos ridiculous. the Karate Commandos failed in stopping Vulture from stealing the space shuttle. They actually stole the space shuttle and that's why they went up and they started trying to hold the world hostage with this like microwave laser gun. Well, can we talk about the fact that Chuck Norris seems to be a kleptomaniac because... Oh, yeah, he does take so a lot of stuff. He steals stuff from people all the time. So in that episode, they go up to Anchorage, Alaska, and they go into a museum, and they steal a, a old spaceship, and then he has his, his commandos go to the local military base and steal a tanker filled with jet fuel or rocket fuel yeah. so that they can launch themselves up into space down the main drag in Anchorage, Alaska. Yeah. They and then to... in one of the other episodes, 
Chuck Norris steals a motorcycle from two guys. That was the scene that I showed yeah. you that I like I I erupted into laughter. And it was not meant to be funny. Sorry guys. I'm <laughs> I'm Chuck Norris. You can find me at the American Embassy or well, something. Well, they're like, "Hey, that's my motorcycle." Don't worry. I'm Chuck Norris, but you can find me at the embassy. And then he he takes off and then the guys like, "Silly Americans." <laughs> Just like an American, they just take, 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 take. I was like, that's, a, that's like a weird social commentary to put in this animated series from 1985. So so that's the thing about this show is the first episode, when I watched the first episode, I think I texted you and said something to the effect of, holy shit, this show is god awful. Yeah. Something I was, like that. I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember what it was because I was homesick when, when you were when you were texting me and, uh, and so I, di- I didn't look at it right away, but... I think it was, yes, holy shit, Karate Commandos is terrible. No wonder it only lasted five episodes. Yeah. Super fucking Ninja is a bad guy. This show is almost as toyetic as Street Sharks. I recognize Alan Oppenheimer. Yeah, Alan Oppenheimer was in the show. He he did some uh, side voices. He was I like think, a small role. No, he was the voice of the the commander. Whoever at the at uh, whoever was there, like was there, like leader, like in the base. Yeah, that was that guy with the t- with the black hat and the sunglasses. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, the, the, yeah, the, the <laughs> but after that first episode, because I watched them all sort of in sequence. After that first episode, and I kept watching, it was like a, it was, it was like a, uh, a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a dumpster clown fire. I don't know, like the, you know, it was like the room. The more I watched it, and the worse it got, the more entertaining it got. It, it really. And and I can't like I can't put my finger on why, but it got so bad that it was just funny. And I can't put my you know it's not like the room where you you can tell why it's funny. Like to me, it was just it was so over the top and like so over the top toyetic nineteen eighties. It wasn't even like street sharks. It's a spectacle. Yeah, is what it is. It's it a spectacle. It wasn't like street sharks where it was it was like really really over the top, but to the point where it was bad like it was just bad bad this show i think was funny bad it's over the top and bad but it's so ridiculous that you just laugh you can't not laugh at it yeah it just i mean i don't think chuck norris meant to get i I don't think he meant to get laughs making this show. no but every time you hear super ninja go norris you're like (laughs) i was i was as i was driving in in my car up the freeway (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the waveform is huge. That's yeah. what I told you. So as I was driving up the five to get up here, I was like, "Notice!" Yeah, every it's time. Just so stupid, and it like it, it, I don't know. It just it made me laugh. Like at first, the at the first episode, I was like, "God damn it!" I have to watch four more of these. And by the fifth episode, I was like, "God damn it!" There's no more of these. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought too. I was like, "God damn it!" I want more of these. Yeah. So you know what I think? I think that that is a rounding recommendation. Yeah, I mean it's a resounding like, recommendation five, for the two of us. It's five episodes, and you really can watch them in any order because they're of they're like episodic, and it's just it's a ridiculous, ridiculous show that I wish they would have made more of. And I have to think that the comic book was not nearly as entertaining as the show because the show was just over the top ridiculous. I'm th- I'm sure the comic book, I saw some pages, some panels from the comic book. It looked far more serious. It's yeah, no, it's super serials, super yeah. serials, but this, uh, you don't have to take it super serious cause no. it's not, it's not great, but that's okay. It's really, it's, it's funny. I showed this to my kid. She didn't care. Yeah. This um, was a show for boys. This is, a, well, it's not even that. Like she likes power Rangers and she likes, 
you know, this uh, is a very fighting stuff. This is a very specific genre of shows directed at boys in the 1980s. Yes, <laughs> that, that's a better way to put it. Yeah, it, it it really holds no context outside of 1986. No, like none whatsoever. No, absolutely not. But from an outside observer's perspective, knowing that you're going to catch some sweet, sweet Chuck Norris. This is actually really funny. This this would be a fun thing to put on in the background if you're going to do like a Chuck Norris party. You or... know what? You know what this show because people do that by the way. This just came to me, and I was trying to think of a, another show or cartoon or something that had the same kind of deadpan delivery because that's basically what Chuck Norris does the entire time. It's so it's, bad. It, he's 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 a decent actor. But he is not a very good voice actor. And we've talked about this before, that voice acting is so much different than regular acting. I think you give him more acting. credit as an actor he's, than he does. He's a halfway decent actor. Halfway. That's he's like, an incredible martial artist. Yes. And a great philanthropist. But but his acting is... Eh. Uh, eh. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Five like, out of ten. I, I idealized him as a kid. Like, no, it's fine, but... So this show... His voice acting is... This mm-mm. show, it just came to me... This show reminds me so much of Samurai Cop. It does. This this show is like an animated version of Samurai Cop. It's just so over the top ridiculous. The main character has such a deadpan delivery for most of it. (laughs) And the bad guys are so ridiculously like emotive. You know what I was going to say? It reminds me of. Robert Zadaz or Zadar. (laughs) Robert Zadar. No, I was going to say, have you seen. Robert Zadar. What is it? Jean-Claude Van Johnson on. on No, I haven't seen that yet. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, it it was a concept pilot put out on, uh, I think it was, was it Amazon? And so the idea was Jean-Claude Van Damme plays a, caricatured version of himself that is a retired now action hero and it turns out that the action hero character was his persona and the real Jean-Claude Van Damme is Jean-Claude Van Johnson a secret uh, spy that would like travel the world and fight crime international villainy and all this stuff and he would use being on on film location to get to, to, to where like. he's going to go do whatever. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, at least watch the pilot because it is incredible. He decides to get back into the game after spending a bunch of time away. And his first action film is an action film of Huckleberry Finn. In which... Huckleberry Sin. In which there is a fight scene between him and... Aunt Polly? Uh... Oh. Tom Sawyer? No, they're who's the guy who follows along with N-word him? Jim? Yep. <laughs> and that's what they call him too. But like they don't say the word, they just say the letter <laughs> and it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Oh so, man. So it and then they they have a full sword fight scene and, and it's and on it's a, a, on a raft? Uh no, in front of a uh wooden uh cabin and it, it's it's incredible. It's good, incredible. Good and watching that reminded me or, or watching this reminded me of that. 
Well, that's all good things. All good it's things. all good things. So I think for both of us, that is a rounding endorsement of this show. You can find it most places. You can find, I think, most of the episodes on YouTube if you really wanted to. I don't know if they're on YouTube. Uh, I mean, they're definitely on like different like websites. They're out websites. there. Don't, don't yeah. spend money on them. But they're hard to find. Yeah. We, we, we found them. If I mean, you, I think you can buy... There's a v, there's a VHS and then a, a DVD that got put out in 2011, I think. Oh, wow. Really? Oh. Yeah. But yeah, get out there and check this out. It's it's worth... I mean, we hadn't seen this. We have no nostalgia goggles for this show. And like I it said... It was hilarious. You have to get through the first episode. Whatever that first episode is, you have to get through the first episode and then it starts growing on you and then you start laughing a lot. And then it's funny and then you can make a drinking game out of it. Yeah. Or, every yeah. time every time too much says too much. Every, or every time, every time Super Ninja says, Notice! Or every time... Uh, what's the guy's name? Tabe? The, 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 the uh, sumo. Yeah. Every time, no, not Tabe. Uh, yeah, no, Tabe. Every time Tabe talks about food, because that's his shtick, is he always talks about how hungry he is and how he can eat everything. Yeah. And So, yeah, you could definitely make a drinking game yeah, out of this. It's it's fun. Uh, so get out there and check it out. And I, I think that'll do it for this episode. We want to make sure that uh, we thank John Howarth for the use of our yep. intro music. The song is called Nascent. You can check it out on our uh, website. There's a full version of that song, and you can check out a link to a SoundCloud uh, if you want to talk to us about this episode, if you want to talk about how great or how horrible Chuck Norris Karate Commandos is, you can talk to Search us Search on... us on all of our social media outlets. Yeah. You can get a hold of us anywhere. We will do our best to respond. Yeah. Uh, we've both been a bit busy uh, IRLs lately, but we definitely do our best to try and get back to you as quick as we can. Absolutely. Uh, usually within a couple hours at most. So Yeah. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're all on all of those. You can also message us through our website, childhoodremastered.com. We're part of a uh, podcast network called ACPN. You can check them out at acpnet.net. There's a lot of great shows on there of uh, various uh, topics, a lot of review shows, review type Mm -hmm. shows, a lot of uh, a couple of just sort of topical uh, 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 pop culture shows. Film review, film review, all kinds yeah. of stuff. So check them out. And then we also have all of our uh, stuff attached to the the mailer, right? Yes. So if so. you want to, if you want to get updates on our show when we have new shows, we have a, a mailing list. You can check it out on our website. We promise you will not get spammed. It's, yes. All all it will do is send you an access code, and then you can access all the other stuff that we have on the website. We have a members only section, and yeah. you'll get a you'll get a passcode for that. Yeah, and it'll, it costs nothing, but yeah. it, it's all of our show notes. We put them there, and a couple of a couple of extra bonus episodes yeah. that we're putting together. Access to a Discord that we haven't really started using yet, but if you want to come and hang out in there, you can with us. We we'll we'll try and uh, get in there and chat some uh, from time to time. So yeah, ASL and all that. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, check us out. Like, like Chris said, we will never spam you with anything. We'll never sell your info. We're just, we just use it to, uh, we really won't send you anything other than, Hey, there's a new episode. Yeah. And Sean is also doing a, a, a sort of side project. If you want to check that out. Uh, yeah. So it, he, he, he's been, uh, sending me his script. I, I kind of give him thumbs up. We, we kind of talk about it and then he records it and puts it out and he's been putting those out of, in the interim sections. So uh, I'm sure you guys are checking those out maybe a little bit as we go as well. Yeah, so. the show is called Comics Remastered. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I do a sort of overview. Of, deep dive. A, a deep dive, but an overview of comic book characters, teams. Uh, there's going to be some on like concepts in comics, you know, something like Golden Age versus Silver Age of comics. 
that type of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, at the time of this recording, there's probably three episodes, or at the at the time that this episode comes out, there's three episodes of uh, Comics Remastered that's out about uh, Batwoman, Captain Marvel, and the most recent one is about the X Men. Mm-hmm. So you can check those out. Uh, they're not. It's not a big time commitment. They're all. 10 minutes under or less. 10 minutes yeah maybe maybe like 10 and a half to 11 minutes something like that at most yeah. yeah so check it out let me know what you think and we're going to be doing some other projects i know we keep talking about them but we're eventually going to get to we're them. working on them we're so working don't on worry them. so that'll do it this week and we will see you next time yeah so until next time this is sean and chris and this has been your childhood remastered see you next time notice too much Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, man of action. Chuck Norris, he's got nerves of steel and strength to match. Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris Super Ninja. The Ruthless Super Ninja. Chuck Norris stars in Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris. Bring it up, hang it down, fight more severe. Figures so separate. Super Ninja. Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris Super Ninja. Chuck Norris, Super Ninja. Chuck Norris, the ruthless Super Ninja. Chuck Norris Super Ninja. Super Ninja. Chuck Norris Super Ninja. Chuck Norris Super Ninja. Chuck Norris. 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 Super Ninja. Chuck Norris Super Ninja. Ruthless Super Ninja. Chuck Norris Super Ninja. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris Karate Commandos. Chuck Norris Super Ninja Reed Smith Kimo and other figures sold separately. New from Kenner.